0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, who else is out there? Uh, welcome to Godfather Podcast. This is going to be a weekly show. Who knows, maybe it'll be twice a week or three. It's up to you. But we have some interesting guests coming, surprise guests. But the people who co-host, this is more important to me, my co-writer of the book, Pat Picciarelli, is on the line. Pat, say hello to everybody, please.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: You can say more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat and I have had a, an interesting past. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can speak to that. Uh, Gianni and I were raised in the same neighborhood in the Little Italy section of, uh, of Manhattan, which, for those of you who aren't aware, is a, is a very cohesive, small area. Even at, at its biggest, it was probably five square blocks, and that was about it. Uh, even though we're in the same uh, age range, uh, I didn't know Gianni when I was a kid. He was otherwise engaged, and uh, and he will talk to you about that in uh, future episodes. But uh, when I grew up, well, I don't know if I ever grew up. When I got older and I uh, got out of the service, I uh, went into the NYPD. And I was a lieutenant, and I specialized in uh, organized criminals. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. So every ridiculous. now and then in my travels, uh, I would uh, run into Gianni, uh In various clubs, and uh, and I didn't approach him and say hello, because that wasn't my capacity. I was there to observe. And I'm saying, you know, this guy is everywhere. I go to restaurants uptown, he's there. I go to restaurants downtown, he's there. I figured either he has a twin brother, or he gets around an awful lot. Uh, And from a cop's perspective, everybody that you see more than once is a potential target. So uh, I I started to uh, look into his background a little bit, him and, and everybody else, and he came and went, and I just said, you know, I just figured he's just uh, another one of the boys, and uh, our paths will will never cross. However, I started to write books. I always wanted to write. I was uh, an avid reader, and I'm sure those of you out there who are avid readers, how many books have you read in your life? We you said, this sucks. I could do better than this. And I've, I said that numerous times, and I decided to sit down and write a book thinking that this is pretty easy, I'll get this sold. Well, that's not the way the business works. I sold my third book. And every year since then, I put out one or two books, sold the screenplay here and there. And one day my agent, uh, Frank Wyman, who deserves a lot of credit for where I am today.
0: Thank God, yes.
1: Yeah, for, thank God for Frank Wyman. Anyway, he said, "I have boy, do I have a project for you? I've got somebody that I, I want you to meet. He's got a hell of a story. He's been looking for a writer. For the last 22 years, can't seem to find anybody that he likes, and he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you two guys together." And he gave me a, a rough background. I said, "Oh, the God," I said, "No." And The Godfather, coincidentally, is my favorite movie of all time, hands down. I must have seen the thing a hundred times. but AMC has uh, a Godfather festival every weekend. Uh, it seems like, and and I'm I'm continually watching it. And lo and behold, the guy is Gianni Russo, Carlo Rizzi, the bad son-in-law. I said, this is, this is going to be great. And then I, then I added two and two, and this is the same guy that I've been looking at, for the last five or ten years in my in my travels. And I said, I don't know if this is going to work, man. You know, the, the, I'm a cop, and of course I, I'm retired. But once a cop, always
0: a cop. And. uh. That's what they tell me. That's why I'm worried about you. Yet, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and then uh, <laughs> I said, you know, and he's traveling in his circles. And I don't know if this is going to work. So anyway, we started talking on the phone and we, uh, we uh, hit it off. I'm a, I'm a very good judge of character. And you have to be to survive doing what I do. And then, again, doing what he did, too. You, you have to be very astute when it comes to reading people. And I said, This is an honorable guy. Uh, I'm, I can do uh, I can easily do the book with this guy. And then we, we became friends, and here we are doing a podcast. We have other things going. Right, Johnny?
0: Oh, did we have one? Thank God.
1: Oh, uh, lots of other things. And uh, this was, I've, I've done a lot of books. And uh, this was uh, my, my most rewarding book that I've ever done. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the opposite end of the mic, you know. it's uh,
0: Well, the you, interesting you know, we had, thing. We had, what, fun,
1: we had a lot of fun doing this.
0: But what, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, um, it's, it was like 22 years that I really wanted to write this book. And obviously, I only have one life to write about, and I wanted to make sure it was right. But to give you the accolade you deserve is that, you know, I, I actually interviewed people like Dan moldia and Nick Pelleggi. It was not like little writers. These are major writers. But the fact that Pat was on the street, almost the same street as me a block over, he knew the language and he knew the message I wanted to get across. And as you listen to the podcast... You're going to start to understand how these stories unfold, and uh, it's basically 75 years of my life, which I'm happy to say that uh, it's going to be a long podcast. Maybe we should introduce our little our, our little protege that we brought in. Mm-hmm. A very, she's astu- going to wind up
1: being a star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that,
2: but, but yeah, my name my name is Megan Haran. Um, I was born and raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and I moved to New York City to become a film major at Fordham University because growing up I had always done theater and and singing and acting, but I had visited the set of a TV show once in high school and decided, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to get into entertainment. And so I'm here now, which is awesome, and I'm very excited for this because I know I've read the book and I think it's amazing and a great read, and I'm really excited to see how this reflects that and shows the audience, you know. And the book she's talking about
0: done. happens to be the name of the podcast. Yes, absolutely. Hollywood Godfather.
2: My Life in the Movies and the mob.
0: There you go.
1: And we will be talking about, obviously, things that uh, happened to Gianni throughout throughout his life, which you could probably fill up five podcasts and three books. That said, we'll also be uh, touching on uh, current, uh, current uh, criminal activities of uh, various families. We'll be talking about uh, Hollywood. It's a, a little-known fact. In fact, I, I mean, I was pretty much up on on uh, on the mafia. I mean, this is what I did uh, for for years. Johnny educated me as to their involvement in the Hollywood community, which I was totally unaware of.
0: Well, the unions basically, and they 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 control and still do. Now they do it more legitimately. There's not uh, loco brazis driving up and enforcing <laughs> any any laws, but it's. It's been something that's uh, organized. In fact, I think the, the unions are the only thing that's organized. I think it, this is now disorganized crime, as I see it.
1: Uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little, little bit about the book, the signings, where you're going to be appearing? I know you're going to Vegas in April.
0: Yeah, we'll be, uh, that's interesting. We, uh, it's funny you should bring that up first. On August 16th, I'm at the Mob Museum in Las Vegas. It's like returning to my old turf. April 16th. Costello sent me there in 19... Frank Costello, just for the people who don't realize who I'm talking about. Frank Costello, who uh, took me under his wing many years ago, he sent me there in 59. I stayed in and out of Vegas for 30 years, which was uh, an education in itself. But we'll be touching on so many things and just not organized crime and like Pat mentioned, you know, uh, movie stars and my relationship with Marilyn Monroe and Liza Minnelli and how that interwound in my life and moved on and some of the hardships I even uh, were part of because of Marilyn's death. I was with her the last few days of her life at Calneva. And then um, there's so many, many stories that I think that, like, the three of us here realize that, you know, just the material we have in-house even where we're locating you, I mean, where this show comes from is historic in itself. This building is on the Upper East Side, and it's uh, pre-war, and was Frank Costello's phone room.
1: Hey, Dr. Johnny, Johnny, can I interrupt you for
0: a second? Sure, please. Just for the people who don't know who Frank Costello
1: was, okay? And, um, the, you know, they perhaps not of our age.
2: Yeah, give us, give us younger generations a little, a little description.
0: Oh, you yes, want me ahead. to, or yeah, you? Yeah, I, you? No, I'd rather him. I'd rather him do. He's a cop. He knows. Uh, I'm going to only you, tell you're
2: you. You are
0: the one who knew him. I'm, I'm going to tell you. Well, basically, he was. He was nicknamed. He had so many nicknames. The Ambassador, Mister C. I met him as as a child. Basically, I was like twelve to thirteen years of age. Uh, we'll get into that later on. How I hit the streets so early on. And I was selling ballpoint pens, taking advantage of a of a disease that I had called polio. And he used to stop by every day and not take a pen. And I was buying these pens on Delancey Street for 15 cents. And this guy would give me a dollar, sometimes five dollars. Um, but he wouldn't take a pen? Never took a pen. Always touch my left shoulder, which is another story, mm-hmm. and move on. And there was months later, then we started to talk and... He got more friendlier by the, by the day. And then um, one day he said to me, I want you to work for me from now on. I said, okay, what, I, what will I do? He said, I just do my messages, run, do my errands, run around. And that lasted from that day in, in, in the late, early, uh, late 50s, early 60s to 1973 until he died. So it was uh, an amazing run. Because of him, I met, you know, six presidents, three popes, <laughs> and on and on and on. It
1: should also be un- understood, Johnny, that that Frank Costello was arguably the most powerful gangster in the United States in his time.
0: Well, yeah, because you know he left. He was he was the head of the Genovese family for a while while Vito was in prison, and then when he came out, he wanted his family back. And unbeknownst to Vito. Frank wanted him to have it back because he wasn't really not into that street element crime, And that's when him and Maya Lansky, and a couple other people, created, which is, you know, the syndicate, and that's the worldwide group of businessmen. And that's why the quote, even from Meyer's character in "The Godfather," he says, "We're going to be bigger than U.S. steel." They were, <laughs> especially during Prohibition.
1: Okay, so this is your house
0: he's in? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in, well, this was one of many, many houses because we had so many because of the phone rooms controlling the bookmaking in New York and everything else we were doing, the numbers business. But this, this apartment itself was a phone room, and we had 24 phone operators in the count room here, and then we would take it to the Wyndham Hotel up on 59th Street, and um, I mean 58th Street, and that whole top floor was the bank and, and the count room. So the, the, the stories you're gonna hear are basically original because no one else had the nerve to tell them. I waited all these years and literally waited to get permission to tell them. The last gentleman who died, and I waited for him to die, he called me to the hospital. And he said, hey, kid, now you can release that book. And I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Can we know his name, or, or are we going to let that go for a moment?
0: I know. That guy, you don't want to know. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Now, you,
1: you know, and the audience should should uh, know that some of the things that we're going to be talking about have never been spoken about. The public is totally unaware. We're going to be talking about aspects, for instance, of the Kennedy assassination. Oh my which God. Uh, Up until what we have to say what you have to say uh have never been uttered before
0: no and that you know that that in itself i mean i i I didn't know who the target was and i was just a messenger carrying messages and money to people and i found out the day of the assassination unfortunately that it was john f kennedy yeah well that's an episode unto itself oh my god yeah
1: and and we're gonna talk about the uh the shady goings-on in the vatican
0: And Megan, Megan's sitting here with her mouth open. I think she's in shock.
2: (laughs) Really fascinating stories. It's insane.
0: We're going to be talking about uh, Middle Eastern despots
1: with billions of dollars that uh, you had to help move. We're going to be talking about so many things that that the public is totally unaware of. Plus, we plan on having uh, guest speakers.
0: Do we want to drop some names now or should we let them wait? I think we'll let them wait. We have some major names. And then Megan's going to be doing something that's really important. She's going to do basically all our social stuff because I'm a dinosaur. I don't even know what all this (laughs) stuff is. But we're going to offer our listeners to email us. We all have our own email address. So whoever you're more intrigued to or who you think you can speak out or write to, that's easier for you. And then each week we're going to have a mailbag and answer your questions. And... um, no Matter what they are, we are definitely going to answer them,
1: <laughs> yeah. And and we uh, perhaps will answer them honestly. What do you think of that?
0: Oh, no, definitely. No, oh, yeah,
1: no. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And, and the reason I mean, people who are listening to us right now, it was a, a brainchild of Pat and I to have the new generation. And when I met Megan and her family on a vacation recently, this was it. I said, and I. Uh, Actually, very respectfully, I talked to her mother and father first because I'm an old guy and I just, you know, I don't want them to think I'm some pervert trying to (laughs) get their daughter involved in our business. But uh, we feel it's a a great combination of generations and because she's going to ask us questions we would never even think about and she's going to be speaking a lot for the younger audience who has a curiosity of this life, which I'm out all the time. I'm in different restaurants and people are getting to know me more and more that I'm approachable. And there's so many young questions, like even your sons, Pat. When I met them, they there's so many so many inquisitive things out there we don't know about, and uh, we're going to be able to answer those questions honestly, the best we can. And uh, it's going to be a r- well-rounded show, I think, and represented by so many generations. You know, you once told me a, a great story, and you didn't
1: even uh, realize that it was funny. You're traveling so much. You're working for so many charities. uh, You had your Cabaret Act. You're you're a a great motivational speaker. If anybody uh, wants to uh, utilize your services, you know, that they can contact us through email. That said, I called you one day, and it sounded like you were in a car. So I said, I I hear traffic noises. He said, yeah, uh, I'm I'm, I'm in in, in this uh, limousine. And I said, where are you going? And there was a hesitation. And you actually had to ask the driver where you were going because she had no freaking idea where you were going. And, 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 and you said, if anybody ever wants to whack me, all they have to do is pull up to the front of my building, honk the horn twice, I'll come out, jump in the car, and I'll take off and they'll never see me again.
0: That's how it's always happened in my life, though, fortunately, because, you know, I, I don't drive because I, I love to indulge in my own vodka. But uh, so I stopped driving over 50 years ago. It's, 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 I think it's a smart thing to do. But with what you're just saying, there's always a car pulling up and I just get in. And, and, then, you know, and that's gonna be my demise.
1: <laughs> I don't know officer, he got in the car and I, I don't know, uh, we never saw him again. <laughs> always get the plate number, write it down, and throw yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, just to be
0: safe. And for the people like Megan that maybe they didn't watch The Sopranos enough, a whack not. a whack is killed.
2: Right. I didn't figure that. I put that together. I put that together.
0: Megan, you never watched The Sopranos? I never did. I didn't either. You called yourself an American? <laughs> I never did. I, I never know, did. No, I guess
2: I'm at fault for that. My parents are fans, but I've never actually watched it myself.
0: So. You know, the only reason I didn't, because, you know, my background in the mob, I knew that Tony Soprano, being a family boss, would never walk down his driveway in his robe, to get his own newspaper. He would have been whacked doing that every day. (laughs) So I said, right, and I know David Chase well. David Chase wrote a movie for me many, many years ago when they had the uh, Movies of the Week, those 90-minute movies on ABC television. And he wrote, people out there, you should uh, go on uh, IMGB or whatever, how you find these things. He wrote me a movie that I starred in for a ninety-minute movie called "The Dwarf in the Helium Hat," oh. and it's really an interesting—not because it's, it wasn't about me, but the characters and the way it was done. In fact, I used all my own clothes, my own Rolls Royces, my house, and everything, because they brought me to sets. So I said, "My house is better than this. Come over my house." <laughs> but, is that still available somewhere? Oh yeah, no, it was Netflix you, or something. I'm sure. Yeah, the it's dwarf on somewhere. the Helium. well, David Chase. Now he's so popular because he, you know, he created The Sopranos. In fact, he came to me and said, "I got something I want you to read." And I said, "What is it?" And he told me. I said, "No, I can't do that." I said, "I'm so involved in business, and I just finished, you know, a movie called The Godfather and Godfather Two, and was working on a lot of projects. The last thing I wanted to do is a mob movie. (laughs) I'm with them every night." (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh, let's tell the audience a
1: little bit about our uh, advertising philosophy. You know, eventually we're going to have advertisers. Both uh, 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 Gianni's products, and he has very many uh, books that I write. But we're going to have some outside uh, advertisers. We're not going to take anybody just for the mere fact that they're paying us. We're going to take advertisers with products that we actually believe in, and we're not going to push anything on anybody that we either didn't try first, or uh, or we are uh, aware that has a good reputation. So that not-
0: well, I think we wouldn't. Yeah, I think it's real important because there's so much stuff out there now. And everybody's endorsing everything. Fortunately, none of us need money. Uh, I forgot to tell you, Megan's family is very wealthy.
2: Oh, Oh, gosh.
0: But, uh, (laughs) no, I think as as we round it out and just, you know, you'll never know what you're going to hear on this show. That's the interesting thing. And you never know what walk of life we will be talking about. Like we said, the Vatican, the Kennedys, mob, the motion picture world. Inside and out of it, the record business.
1: How about the Shah of Iran?
0: The Shah of Iran. So many different people. How about um, even on the other side of the world? I mean, the Khomeini with, with the Shah of Iran, and then me being with uh, Saddam Hussein, um, Pablo Escobar. These are people that crossed my life, and fortunately, I survived. Especially Pablo, I was in this torture for three torture mm-hmm. chamber for three days. But you know. Uh, uh, uh,
1: Organized crime now is truly transnational. I mean, it goes all over the world. Oh, I know. It's just not a bunch of Italian guys sitting in a in a in an espresso cafe in Manhattan like it was
0: in 1930. Oh no, not. I'm dealing with I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of legitimate Albanians, and they bring that up. And even Russia, China. I'm dealing with Russia this week actually. But uh, like you pointed out, it's not the Italian mustache pizza anymore.
1: <laughs> you know, we're also going to do a short segment uh, every week about uh, books about uh, organized crime. Well, I'll be doing that, being the author and all. I, I uh, read voraciously.
0: I'm glad you're taking that on because I don't read.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a, a, a wide variety of things that we're going to be speaking of. Now, this being the first show, we're just out uh, uh, laying out uh, what, the, what the format of the show is going to be, which we just did. Uh, Megan, would you like to tell everybody where they can reach us?
2: Oh, absolutely. So we have a website up, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, and that's when you can find each of our emails to contact us, and we'll be answering those on air. And yeah, that's...
0: You could stay in touch with us on, on, on the website and everything else you want. Right. I mean,
2: Gianni and I both have Instagrams where I'm sure we'll be posting photos and updates on when the shows are up.
0: Constantly. That's her job. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> of course.
0: And I'm, 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 always, I'm always on Facebook and Instagram myself. I'm finding, yeah. I'm finding people. I didn't realize how interesting that is. People are contacting me from customers of my restaurant in Las Vegas, State Street, which was legendary. And, 30 years uh, ago. Oh, my God. Now well, I closed. I closed it in 89. So so that, that I mean, Well, and,
1: and we saved the most important thing for last. So hit the subscribe button. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Extremely uh,
1: important for our longevity. And uh, write us a, a review, you know, good, bad or indifferent. We want to hear what you have to say about this podcast. Any suggestions that you might have that we can act on? Uh, we'll be happy to do it if it uh, fits into the realm of what we're talking about uh, Subscribe button very important Absolutely. And, and more
0: important and, and as Pat's saying When you start to listen to us and start to understand who we are uh, Our book will be out March 12th worldwide by st. Martin's press. So it'll be in every bonds and noble So when you start reading the book if you have questions you can generate them from the book the stories and if there's any guests that are still alive, movie stars, friends of mine. If you suggest them, we'll try to get them on the air.
2: Absolutely.
0: And there are more books to come. That's for sure.
2: Yes, that's exciting.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to say goodbye for now. And uh, it was great getting to know you. And please tune in, and let's have a long future together. God bless you. Good night. I can have a fish frito bacala, why oh yeah, why oh so
1: come on me, why